0: So welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien.
1: We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion, though. It was a trial, but we did it. We're in for a bit of a tone shift over the next couple months. As we jump into all things The Hobbit.
2: I wanna I want to put in an honorable mention for someone saying majestic Thorin
1: he's like a Maybelline or Garnier fruit cheese ad well that's in the movie that's on the book
0: <laughs> so join Caitlin and Rachel Emmy as we take you on this unexpected journey there and back again. <laughs>
1: I see what you all did there. That was very clever.
0: (laughs) Okay, here we are for chapter eight. Fleas and spiders. Episode 28, 29, I don't even know anymore.
2: 28.
0: If Rachel doesn't kill me this episode, it'll be a miracle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just right about things.
0: Hey everyone, editing Caitlin, jumping in here real quick. Just to mention that we forgot to say that we're only doing chapter 8 this week, where previously we had said we were going to do two chapters. Uh, I decided to be very long-winded about this one, so we decided to just do the one. Back to the episode.
1: Yeah. Anyways, uh, characters? We didn't divide anything.
0: I, I, I thought about asking before we hit record, and then I was like, well, that's not traditional. That's not traditional at all.
2: <laughs> all right. So, characters. In this chapter, we have our usual lots of dwarves and one hobbit, but we don't have a Gandalf, because he left.
1: He uh, abandoned us. Um, you know, ch-
0: so much happens in this chapter, I didn't even really feel it.
1: Yeah, It's true. If he was there, less would have happened in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, really, he would have wandered
2: off and then shown up at the end, you know, to randomly save the day. Bilbo figured his shit out. So, you know, I think what at one point, like, Bilbo explicitly is like, if only Gandalf were here. And it's like, well, he would have done exactly what you're doing. Not be hopeful until the last possible second.
0: Hey, now, Bilbo was fabulous in this chapter.
2: No, no, that's, I was, I was slighting Gandalf and not Bilbo.
0: Okay, 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 okay.
2: (laughs) Carry on. Carry on with the characters. Anyway, uh, characters. We also have way too many spiders. Lots of them. They're giant. There are so many spiders. Yeah. Uh, We have a whole bunch of wood elves who um, get a nice one-line genealogical layout that we spent an entire episode on earlier. So, yeah, totally worth it. And we also have the, uh, he's called just the elf king. Yeah. Right? The Elf King, uh, who you may or may not know as Thranduil, who doesn't ever get a name. And I was like, oh, hey. Huh. He's just the Elf King. I don't think we
0: learn
1: his name until Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, anyway. But now you know it, because we watched a movie. Yep.
0: Like, it's possibly not even mentioned until the appendices. Or maybe when they're introducing Legolas. I honestly don't remember.
1: We'll find out.
2: Anyway. So weird. Like, Elf King doesn't get a name, but we do get a discussion of the wood elves being uh, from the elves who never went to uh, Valley. Hey now,
1: I have that later. We'll discuss that Okay, fine, we'll get there. So our short summary for this chapter is that 12 dwarves and a hobbit walk through the forest for a little while and eventually get captured by spiders, rescued by Bilbo, and then captured again by elves. Only one of them gets captured by elves.
2: Okay, I wasn't going to bother specifying for the short summary, because I thought we were going to do both chapters at once.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Caitlin and I are like the old married couple this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just, I guess, for some background here, we both wrote up the notes completely separately, and I maybe missed that Rachel had done hers. So we've had to merge them and... Now we don't like each other. <laughs> so the long summary of the chapter uh, is that Bilbo and the dwarves enter Mirkwood. They follow the path and march along in single file. At night they make a camp and keep watch and always see eyes staring at them out of the darkness. <laughs> and may I just say, no.
1: no. No. No, no. 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 Nope. Why would you camp there?
0: I am Why would you camp anywhere? Just don't wood. stop moving. Never sleep. Yep. Done, done, done. Mm -mm. There's also that line where Billow says that some of them look bigger and bulgier, like insects, but way too big to be insects. I'm like, fuck no. I'm not there. (laughs) Uh, As time goes on through their march through the woods, they start running low on food and water and really just cannot tell what their progress is, like how far they've gotten, how far they've left to go, how big this wood is, and they're just generally... Unhappy. It's
2: relatable. And they get,
0: they get grumpier as they as they get hungrier.
2: I get that way after like a one hour hike. So,
0: yeah, I get that way when I don't have lunch on time.
2: <laughs> you and Bilbo.
0: Yeah. They eventually reach the river. Bayorn warned them not to touch. And through some good rope use and using their noggin, they managed to use a boat without oars to get across. And I wrote here, metaphor for the whole journey, perhaps, in that they don't have (laughs) the right tools and they just kind of make it work. And also they rely, yeah, they rely heavily on Bilbo (laughs) to create a plan and
2: that sort of thing.
1: Which is weird considering they know nothing about him and also lack trust. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Spoiler alert, at the very end, it all goes wrong.
0: Yeah, so on the other side, a heart or a red deer, a red stag, I believe, goes by, and though thorn does manage to shoot it. Uh, They are unable to retrieve the body for food, so he just murdered a deer. God, (sighs) Thorne.
2: Can we talk about how far it had to leap, though?
0: Across the water? Yeah. Yeah. What did they call it,
2: like 15 meters or something like that?
0: It was given to us in yards.
2: Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember if it was yards or meters, because I was like, I feel like it would be meters, but maybe they changed it for U.S. publication, or...
0: No, so in Britain at the time, they would have been imperial.
2: that's true. Yes.
0: I have absolutely no concept of how long a yard is.
2: I mean, basically a meter, just slightly shorter.
0: So that is huge, then. Yeah. And the deer just... Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, so, I, I always forget Britain is weird because like Ireland was basically Britain, except very not in yeah. some ways.
0: I will say that this chapter does have a lot more of fairy about it than the rest of them do. Mm-hmm. it It's very much that they've entered like almost a different plane of existence, another realm, yes, yep. which I really like and I thought made the chapter feel much more. Dangerous and magical in a way that the movie just never didn't understand how to capture. Like it didn't even try.
2: Mm-hmm. I know. If you want to hear us rant about them just pointlessly wandering around looking drunk, listen to episode mumble mumble mumble. It would have been
0: twenty six. I don't know anymore. You've you've completely messed me up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's your own damn fault.
0: Yeah. Um. So while. Thorn is trying to shoot the deer. Bomber falls in the water, and though they manage to extract him without getting uh, wet themselves, he is in some sort of magical sleep, and they do have to carry him as they go on. Just after they get him out, they do hear the blowing of a hunting horn, and then they see another stag, but this one is white. And some of the dwarves try to shoot it, but they waste the last of their arrows on it and miss it. And I, I very much enjoy this inclusion of a white stag in this magical, mystical forest because they're just very, they're very popular in mythology. And I like what it, how you can interpret it many different ways for having it appear here.
1: Well, isn't it traditional that a white stag, like an all white animal in a forest belongs to the fairy king of whatever court season you're in? That's what I thought when I read it, was like, oh, elves, fairies, basically the same thing. And here we are. He managed to slide in this, not obscure, but if you're not into fairy tales, you probably wouldn't recognize it, symbolism.
0: Well, it depends what, like, the White stake is a myth and a legend from so many different
1: cultures. And I'm so referring specifically to the British Isles.
0: I think even in the British Isles, there's differences, because there's one- in like the King Arthur legend, but then there is also one sort of within the the Celtic myth, and and those are different, and it's weird. It could also just be like a shout out to C. S. Lewis because a white stag heavy have featured heavily in the line the Witch in the Wardrobe.
1: Did it? I don't remember that at all. It it's is. been so long. <laughs>
0: at the end, it's what the Pevensies follow back to. Like, they're oh, yeah. as, as adult kings and queens, yep. they're hunting And then they it, get stuck as what, teenagers
1: again. That's what leads Ugh. them back home. Or or not. Back to the, back to the real world.
0: Yep. Or, uh, you know what I'm saying. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is just something that, and, and it is also something that's um, very much associated with being on adventures and, you know, going and the start of an adventure, the start of a hunt and that sort of thing. Um, Robert Baden Powell, who is the founder of Scouting, uh, once like opened a big scout meeting with with a a phrase that I enjoy that says, The white stag has a message for you. Hunters of old pursued the miraculous stag, not because they expected to kill it, but because it led them in the joy of the chase to new and fresh adventures, and so to capture happiness. I like and that. that was in nineteen thirty three, so it was about the same time. Huh. Anyways, I really enjoy legends and stuff about the white Steak. For non-Western ones, there's also, like, one time a twin followed it and discovered Japan. And, um, uh, there was, it's also a very popular Hungarian myth, uh, that I don't know the details of. So, I really like the white Steak. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> The book mentions that the deer and the the hunting horn that they hear blown are signs that they are near the other side of the wood. uh, Presumably because this means they're close to the elvish kingdom. But the dwarves do not realize this and do not take any hope from these encounters and are still basically just hopelessly lost. And I believe at this point this is when they lose the path? No. No, it's later? Alright. They march on, carrying the still-asleep bomber for two days. They then like, those insi- are some
1: dedicated friends, yo. I would have just yeah. left him. <laughs> Two days, you're still sleeping, we'll come back for you.
0: I don't think I would have left him, but I think we all just would have sat down. And like, we're just gonna wait. Yep. Because we're not carrying you anymore. They then insist Bilbo climb a tree and take a look around to see if he can see the edge of a forest. He goes up, but he can't see anything, uh, just more and more trees. And then the dwarves just resent him more for having seen the sun and experienced a breeze. You really get the feel on how grumpy everyone is due to their lack of food and water yep. uh, in these <laughs> next couple bits.
2: Um, Especially- Once again, they're like, oh, Bilbo could have realized, but doesn't. That,
0: yes, this is yeah. true. It is mentioned that they are in the middle of a valley, so the trees sort of slant up in every direction from Bilbo, so he can't see how close they are to the edge. Yep. So anyway. Bomber does then wake up, and everybody is very cross with him for having to carry him for two days. And again, they are still hungry and very grumpy. And Bomber describes a dream that he had, um, wherein there was he was following lanterns lit in the forest, and they led him to a great feast. And he wishes he was still asleep so he could partake in this great feast. I believe this is where Thorin tells him to stop being annoying. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I also really like this bit because it implies that, or, like, at the beginning of the book, the dwarves are very, uh, they don't trust Bilbo or think that he can handle adventuring. But for all he thinks a lot about home and food, I don't think he complains about it nearly as much as Bomber does. <laughs> at least not in this chapter. Yep. So, there's that. Um, That night, they see lights in the woods, similar to what Bomber described from his dream, and are so hungry that they follow those lights without care and burst upon wood elves feasting in a clearing. As soon as the dwarves burst into the clearing, all the firelight goes out and the elves disappear.
2: I love it so much.
0: Melodramatic. But so indicative of them being lost in fairy. Like, it's it's fabulous. It's so fairy. Yeah. The party then has a difficult time finding each other in the dark... And they decide to sleep where they are so they don't have to move about in the dark. Sometime later, the lights are spotted again, and they follow them again. Though this time, they push Bilbo out into the clearing first, I suppose as a sort of
2: ambassador. That's so funny, Uh, because Bilbo's like, no, you fuckwads, like, I have this magic ring, but they shoved him out before he could even do anything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But once again, the lights go out, the elves disappear, and the party is left in complete darkness. They did also magically put bilbo to sleep. He was just out like a log. Yep. Once again, uh the they decide to stay where they are for the night and once again, they see the lights off in the distance and once again, they follow them. This I mean, time in though, thorns pound
2: it, at this point.
0: I mean, I guess they're just so hungry which I can understand. I
2: mean, I mean you've left the path already. What else are you going to do?
0: Yeah. Um, So this time Thorn steps out into the clearing alone and once again all the lights go out and this time There's a great noise and crashing and yelling of names until Bilbo is left alone in the clearing And he just sort of sits down against a tree and dozes and wakes up to a nightmare (laughs) In that a giant spider has been tying him up with webbing. I would 110,000% accept my death um, At that point, I'd just be like, mm, I'm done.
2: One time, I went to lay down in bed, and mm-hmm. there was a spider on my pillow. Oh, Jesus. And it's a wonder I have ever slept again.
1: Yeah, no. And the sticky webbing, the way it clings to you for, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the rest of your life.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ugh. I don't. I guess nobody on this podcast is a fan of spiders.
2: I mean, objectively speaking, I think spiders are awesome.
1: Keep them away from me.
2: Yes. I like yeah. when they, when they like, make a really cool web right outside the window, and it's mm-hmm. not a window you have to, like, open or go through or go near, and you can just watch it.
0: I do like that they eat mosquitoes.
2: Yes. But don't lay on my pillow or come in my shower.
0: See, we have a, a healthy number of wolf spiders mm. in, in this part of the country. And continent, well, you know what I mean. Um... And they're they're very large and very frightening. And I do not like them at all.
1: Yeah.
0: And is. I definitely saw one in my bedroom one time. And Aww. when I say I slept on the couch that night, what I mean is I laid on the couch in abject terror all night, desperately brushing off anything that I felt on me. Mm-hmm. So.
2: So spiders. Ugh,
0: spiders. Anyways, the the chapter doesn't get less spidery after this.
2: I just think it's super fascinating, as I'm realizing, that, like, we've talked about spiders before, but um, Ungoliant was not a very spider-like spider.
0: That's true. I feel like Ungoliant is, like, the end of IT, capital I. You know, when um, Pennywise turns into that big spider and is suddenly not scary anymore? (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, it's just a spider, and they're just gonna take it apart, and that is spoilers for... The, mini- the 1980s miniseries of it and kill it and have like the lamest ending of any truly terrifying thing ever you know <laughs> what i mean like it's just a giant ass spider that you can't like you know
1: i haven't seen no it. i don't know but i'm gonna take your word for it yeah it's
0: it's so stupid i mean it was a made for tv miniseries in the 80s so like the budget wasn't exactly
1: great and it was the 80s things were different then it was yeah. a dark time but,
0: like, Tim Curry was a thousand times more scary than that fucking spider. <laughs> and I, whenever, I can't, I can't help but picture Ungoliant kind of like that. Like, mm-hmm. too giant to be scary. Although I'm sure if I saw a giant spider in real life. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think really it's just that, like, Ungoliant was, like, eating trees and stuff. This is wrapping up me.
0: Yeah, that's true. And there's a different sort of terror of big giant monster to small eight-legged thing that is all over me hmm <laughs> apparently that second one disturbs me more <laughs> uh so while he's getting tied up he does manage to loose his sword and stab that spider to death giving it a good sting
2: and, sting! and then
0: he names the sword sting and from this point on in the chapter bilbo is basically the hero capital h Nice, 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 nice. He suddenly has all the ideas, and it—it's even, there's even a bit at the end where suddenly the dwarves are pestering him for questions and answers, in the same way that they would pester Gandalf, and... He is the chosen one. All of a sudden. So he then tracks the spiders with the ring on, and finds most of the dwarves are all wrapped up and about to be eaten by spiders. Bilbo, still invisible, starts throwing rocks at the spiders and shouting rhyming insults at them. And I believe this is the first time we've seen him write his own poems and that sort of thing, which he, like, literally the most famous quote from this book that everybody steals and is on every single, like, is on notebooks randomly, is something that Bilbo writes. So I think that this is just a very important part because it's the first time we see him do anything like that.
2: I just thought it was funny because everyone sings insulting songs at each other.
0: That's fair, too. But Bilbo as poet and songwriter is a very important thing.
2: Mm -hmm. That is fair.
0: Completely outside of Lord of the Rings. I'm sure a lot of people have a tattoo that says, not all those who wander are lost, having no idea where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah.
2: For real. That's the way it is with most
1: quotes out of context. Yeah,
2: not to be one of those gatekeeping people, but anytime I see that, I'm like, do you know... For me, it's not gatekeeping. For me,
0: like, I, I don't care about the tattoos. Uh, like, that's a great line. Yeah. So, obviously. But I've seen it on notebooks and things. I'm like, and there's no, like, credit or anything. I'm like, that That just rubs me the wrong way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, after luring the spiders off, Bilbo runs back and frees the dwarves, killing another spider. And as he's freeing the dwarves, the spiders that he'd let off, they come back and then... Big battle begins, well, smallish battle because the dwarves are having lost all their weapons and they're all like slow because they've been poisoned by the spiders, and they're sort of quickly about to be overwhelmed, especially since the spiders are making sort of a web around them. And so Bilbo is sad to give away the secret of the ring to the dwarves, but realizes they are about to lose, so he puts on the ring again. And does basically the exact same thing he did before. And the spiders fall for it again. So I guess it's nice that they're not very smart. Yep. He throws rocks and insults at them. And leads them away. So the dwarves flee. And they all meet up again in a clearing later away from the spiders and are safe. And after hearing, like they all demand the whole story about how Bilbo found the ring and Gollum. And they want to hear it all over and over again. And he's kind of like... Again, I feel like this is where Bilbo gets his start as somebody who relates stories and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was a good bit, and then they yeah. all randomly realize that Thorin is missing.
2: Can I just point out that at one point in this whole spider fighting thing, mm-hmm. it's mentioned that there are like fifty of them. Fifty? Yeah, I'm trying to not find it again. Being that many, but
0: it, Ew, was, it was just like, like, like one it. mention
2: of like fifty of them, and I went, "What the?" That's too many. That's so many.
0: Oh, yeah. When about 50 had gone off to the place where he had stood before, he threw some more, more stones at
2: them. Yeah, and that implies that there are more than 50. And I'm like, <sighs> I never quite realized that many spiders. That's not okay.
0: Jeez. That's not okay at all. So then we cut to Thorn yes. in the realm of the Woodland Elf King. And he's sort of being interrogated by the king, but we'll say only that he is starving.
2: It's so great.
0: And that that is that's the answer to all of the questions or he stays silent.
2: Please just read the whole bit because. Okay.
0: It's Do you favorite. want to? You seem excited about it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Why did you and your folk three times try to attack my people at their merrymaking? Asked the king. We did not get ta- We did not attack them. Answered Thorne. We came to beg because we were starving. Where are your friends now? And what are they doing? I don't know, but I expect starving in the forest. What were you doing in the forest? looking for food and drink because we were starving (laughs) 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 he's such an asshole i love it i really like that well this reminded me of the thorn from the movie i will say where he's just eh, intrinsically distrustful of elves for no real particular reason and the elves are very distrustful of him again for no real particular reason
2: well and in this especially it's like they mention, like, Thorin's family has nothing to do with the history of elves, you know, the of old the... quarrel between elves and dwarves. Yeah. You know, it's it's not even any of that, you blah 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 didn't come to our aid, I would never trust you to your whatever. Um, he's, just, <laughs> nice. he's just being a dick.
0: <laughs> the elves weren't very great either, though. No,
2: no, they're both being horrible.
0: So Thorne is then thrown into a cell And he um, uh, He is given food and water And that sort of thing And treated well But he is very locked up And that is where the chapter ends yep. So
2: They do give so, us a spoiler That the that Bilbo is going to be useful again I
1: really do. love That's a how. good spoiler Yeah, It's like saying There's more to this book Don't leave yet <laughs> Like wait we know that
0: So I feel like we were sort of at the beginning of the book until now, and now we're like half done. You know, it felt like a lot of intro, and now it's suddenly, oh, like when I'm holding my physical book, I feel like we're nearing the end.
1: I'm going to look up how many chapters are in it, because I don't want to flip through there. So there are 19 chapters. So yeah, we're pretty close to halfway.
0: Goes a lot faster than the Silmarillion. Indeed.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm just looking at my physical book, and really, like, this chapter was super long. But it pretty much comprises the halfway point in the book. Yeah, it goes and from even just in my physical book, to... like it
0: looks like we have a lot more left. But the final chapter is actually the first chapter, of Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. So there's a lot less than I thought even thought there was.
2: Yeah, that's it. I looked at my book and went eh, about two thirds through. But then when I looked back to the beginning of this chapter, it was less than halfway.
0: Transition. So, that's fun. Yeah,
1: favorite bits. I mean, we talked about it, but honestly, that bit where he's talking to the Elf King at the end and he just keeps saying that they're starving over and over and over again was just such a power move.
2: (laughs) I found it super interesting, too, just that this was another bit where the Elves are just kind of petty. Um, That the Elf King, he just, they like they mentioned, he he just likes jewels and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's none of the specific, slight, entirely... um, yeah. It's just like, what if the elf king had a weakness, it was for treasure. And that's a trait that is always ascribed to the dwarves, but as we've learned in the Silmarillion, elves not so immune.
0: Yeah. And I do like that they mention that the the sort of the myth of the Nauglamir, Mm-hmm. but in a much more immediate way, not thousands of years ago. I do believe Tolkien has said that because when he first meant this book to not associated. That's not the word. You know what I mean. With the myths and stuff that he was writing, he just sort of reused it, Mm -hmm. not thinking that anybody would ever read the Silmarillion or have any idea that he just reused it. (laughs) So it's possible that even at the time, he was thinking of this elf king who lives in a forest as, obviously his name escapes me. Um. Doriath. Yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Thingle. yeah. There we go. <laughs> Anyways,
2: <laughs> too many of them. I would say. Should so we many names. On? Should we move on to the other Wood Elf bit?
0: Yes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I had no idea what you were even talking about there for a minute. Where my cursor is. Yes. So I do. I do love that he included the line. You know, after just saying that he didn't mean to. Have it as part of the larger mythology that wood elves were descended from ancient tribes that never went to fairy in the west. Um, so they are descended from the Avari, and I do like how he refers to you know Valinor as fairy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which puts sort of a, a different spin on it. Especially since the Silmarillion Valinor is very much something that is here and now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and not a mythical place that maybe some elves have been to, and then they, he goes on to describe wood elves as, they dwelt most often by the edges of the woods, from which they could escape at times to hunt or to ride and run over the open lands by moonlight or starlight, and after the coming of men they took ever more and more to the gloaming and the dusk. Still elves they were and remain, and that is good people." So, a twice in this chapter he uses the word gloaming to describe the elves and that is one of my very favorite words in the English language. I love it a lot. And it also and it just means mm-hmm. dusk. So it's a little redundant in this particular place. Yep. But um I do like this imagery he gives us of of them only existing in this in between like on the edges of the woods and at dusk.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I'm trying to remember were the were the lanterns still there when the elves first showed up, or were the, was it already were they already out and it was just in darkness um, before the sun and moon were created?
0: The oh oh okay, okay sorry I sorry. thought you meant like the lanterns in this chapter. No no um I believe they were already
2: out. Okay, and that's...
0: because um, Elbereth had created extra stars for them in the sky.
2: Okay, that's what I thought. Right, but just yeah,
0: Varda whatever same person.
2: Yeah. Makes me think of, though, just, yeah, that it had said, like, they're the ones who were left behind and never saw the light of the trees, and right, like, yeah, no, we still don't like this newfangled sun thing entirely.
0: Yeah. Just give us our stars and go away. <laughs> uh, goth elves, my mm-hmm. favorite. Um, and then right near the end, as they're throwing uh, Thorn into the cell, they say that they put thongs on him, which I know what they mean. But it still put a funny picture in my head that was really hilarious. I didn't
1: need that picture in my head. I didn't need that.
0: But now now you have it.
1: Nope. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.
0: Especially since I picture it as like Richard Armitage just being covered, like his whole head just covered in thongs.
2: <laughs> I mean, I was thinking slightly different, but mm-hmm. that's because but- Richard Armitage just like takes off his clothes and too many things.
0: That's fair, too. I I suppose mine was a little naive, and yours was a little more (laughs) (laughs) R-rated.
2: It's his own damn fault. (laughs) For being good-looking? Yep. And for continually taking off his clothes and things.
0: I mean, people pay him to do that. Yeah. Not that I'm complaining.
1: Nope.
2: Is there anything else about the elves that we want to go through?
0: I wish they'd been more like this in the movie. Mm -hmm. Aloof and hating of the sun and just wanting their starlight, both like actual starlight and their <laughs> necklace starlight. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that just would have worked so well. But- yeah.
2: Also, I found it interesting that, you know, like they were wood elves, but they they lived in like basically a fancy cave. Um, yeah. Kind of like the secret place.
0: Well, kind of like Doriath.
2: I was thinking of um, the other one. Nargothrond? Yes. Yes, that was but also a cave.
0: I believe Nargothrond was originally built in the image of Doriath, and I mention it just because he's a king elf in the woods, so I do think That's fair. it was more meant to be, it was meant to be Doriath, basically repurposed.
2: I always forget that Doriath was... Had caves. Had caves, because... Yeah, because it's, it's just not like, really talked about. Yeah, Melian protected everything, so... Yeah. But it's anyway. yes, also
0: like Nargothrond. Yes, I should mention um, that when talking about the elves that did go into fairy, they mention light elves, deep elves, and sea elves, which you could um, match up with with. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The yeah. <laughs> hold on, give me a second. I'm almost there. <gasps> there was literally one point when I was writing the notes in this chapter that I had like. The Silmarillion tucked under my chin and the Hobbit open to a page resting on the top of my head while I was typing. Here we are. Teleri, sea mm-hmm. elves. Noldor, I'm going to call those the deep elves. Yeah. And Vanyar, the light elves. Okay.
2: I was going to be like, the V-ones! <laughs> the
0: V-ones. Uh, maybe no. one day I'll remember all these names. No. I, I have don't Noldor, think so. I obviously. I can't believe, like, we talked about them so much and still, like... You know, a week without them gone. Yep. I yes. really liked this chapter a lot. It was very mm-hmm. good.
2: Anyway, my favorite line, mm-hmm. we're gonna shift the the tone here a little bit. hmm Is just when uh, Bilbo is insulting the spiders and leading them away, and then mm-hmm. another those random narrator throwaway lines, which is No spider has ever liked being called Adder cop, and Tom Naughty, of course, is insulting to anybody. I think. How many people are calling spiders "adder cop
0: <laughs> So I had never heard that term. Like I, re- I
2: too looked it up.
0: Yeah, and it's basically just an old English way of saying spider.
2: Yep, pretty much.
0: And I guess Tolkien just repurposed it for an insulting way of saying spider, which, which I enjoy.
2: I mean, totally makes <laughs> sense and totally Tolkienite, because yeah. that's what he was into, but still no one's going around calling them adder cop and if they were back in the day when they used that term for spider that's not an insult.
0: I also really love the idea of like a kid in this day and age having this book read to him and then the next day going to school and calling somebody a Tom Nobby. yes or <laughs> uh, Tom Naughty, sorry I think that or or even just an adder cop mm-hmm. uh,
2: that would be really funny.
0: He also um, uses the word lob which is used again in a name.
2: Did you find, sp- I'm, I guarantee you found the same exact answer yeah, to this question than I did.
0: <laughs> but I thought that that was interesting how mm-hmm. he, I, I, I like the way that he reuses things when he finds something that he likes. Another bit that I liked, when Bilbo is killing all the spiders and the book mentions that they had become mortally afraid of Sting I feel like in these books, we always hear about these legendary weapons, and even when we were in the goblin caves, we see how afraid they are of Orchest. and in this chapter, we get to see that legend start, Mm -hmm. and how possibly giant spiders of all kinds going forward would be afraid of Sting.
2: Possibly might we meet another giant spider? What?
0: It is kind of like they're all destined to be killed on this little sword.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a sword to stab spiders with.
0: You know, you can, like, go to a mall and buy yourself a sting.
2: I know. Might be overkill on spiders, but... But really fucking fun. Really fun. Probably won't get the deposit back on my apartment.
0: Worth it? I like the idea of stabbing a spider with sting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me sad. I don't want to deal with spiders. I don't want them all dead. They're useful, but I don't want to be the one that has to kill them either.
2: That's why I was your cockroach murderer.
1: That's true. Ah, uh, yes. I guess
0: since our last episode, or just before our last episode, there has been a great sundering
2: mm-hmm. of, yes. of
0: Rachel and Emmy.
2: And um, Emmy has returned to Lake Town, and I remain elsewhere. In the land of corn. In the land of corn. <laughs> um. Anything else? I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, I think that well covers it.
0: I think this has been my favorite chapter so far, as we could tell from the amount we of We had a lot of good stuff happen. Yeah.
2: I'm yeah. glad you had good things to talk about it.
0: I could have gone on about that white stag for some time, but this is not a general mythology podcast.
2: <laughs> so I would have listened to you go on about that white stag. I just thought it was so funny how Tolkien it was, that it was like, here's this, you know, legendary white stag, and he afforded it like half a line.
0: I'm just trying to see. Oh, no. Okay. Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe was published after this. Mm-hmm. So if anything, the other way around. Yeah. That White Stag is a shout out to this one. I would be really interested to know how that came about how they both ended up with a White Stag in their first published children's book.
2: I mean, they were writing buddies.
0: I know, I just, but they didn't like each other's work. <laughs> so I would just be interested to see how how that conversation went.
2: How much do you want to bet that they both just like? Liked a beer called the White Stag Ale or something.
0: That would be interesting. What was the name of the pub that they met at? That's
2: what I was trying to come up with.
1: Eagle and something? Yeah. The Eagle and Child. Eagle and Child. The Inklings. Yes, the Inklings. There we go.
0: Would have been interesting if it was the White Stag. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, I'm sure exists somewhere in England. Probably. Definitely. Um, I guess that's it. So, for next week, let's... Do two chapters, because I think Barrels Out of Bond is pretty short.
2: Yes, and I'm not going to have much to talk about. Even my summary of it was, like, barely anything.
0: Yeah, so this will probably work out better. So chapter 9, Barrels Out of Bond, and then chapter 10, A Warm Welcome. I want to bet that we're going to watch the last movie for, like, the last three
1: chapters. (laughs) Yeah. I just had a very epic eye roll. We'll get there when we get there. Save the pain for later.
0: True. So, if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at TureTolkien at gmail.com or come and talk with us on Twitter at TureTolkien. And I think that's it. Oh, I mean, if you like us, you can always leave us a review or a rating on your podcast listening platform of choice. And I believe that is everything. So I've been Caitlin.
1: I've been Rachel. And I've been Emmy.
0: And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 I felt like I talked a lot during that episode. I hope you guys got to say what you wanted to say.
1: No, I felt
2: good.